All right, one more time. Can we make some noise for Jesus today? Amen. Amen. So excited to be here in the place today and for this opportunity to gather around the Word of God. Man, we, we're so thankful for the Word of God and, and so grateful for this opportunity uh, to be able to connect uh, like this. And with that being said, uh, it's summertime, so we got vacations and so many things that's happening. And so if you're in and out from Sunday to Sunday, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Simply the Becoming Church. And so that way, every Monday uh, at 11 a.m., uh, you can connect with the message. Not so because we're trying to get our subscriber count up, not at all, but so that you have the opportunity to still stay engaged with what's happening uh, even as you're out on travel and things of that nature. Well, last week uh, we kicked off this new uh, collection called Hearing God. And the idea behind Hearing God was for all of us to understand uh, that if you are a follower of Jesus in here, uh, that it is absolutely vital and important to understand and know that uh, you can hear the voice of God, that, he, that God is speaking uh, to you. Because it's very difficult to live this life if we can't hear him, to see what he's saying, to hear what he's saying to us, to see where it is that he's trying uh, to lead us. And this series was birthed from uh, the survey that we did on Easter Sunday where we asked the question, what are some of the issues or topics, rather, um, that we would love to hear discussed and overwhelmingly, very clear, it was hearing God. And it wasn't framed in this, in this way, well, does God speak? But it was more so framed in this way, why does God speak? And so that question we spent uh, time last week answering. And it, it was because, well, he cares for us. He wants to give us guidance. And also because he wants a close relationship with us. And so today we're going to continue uh, in that lane. And we're going to do so from 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. And so if you have um, your Bible, you can turn with me there, um, or you can join in on the screen right here behind me. But it says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. I woke somebody up right there. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So this morning, we're going to continue uh, in this conversation. So we answered the question last week, why does God still speak? And today we're going to continue in this conversation to see how we can discover 
um, just how we can live a life of hearing God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. God, we thank you for your word. God, thank you for the moments that we've already shared together and for the moments to come. Lord, speak to us. God, we want to hear you. God, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see, God, what it is that you're saying and what it is that you're showing us. And, Lord, we pray over these next few moments, God, that you be glorified, that you be lifted up, you be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. We say this. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Come on, come on. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Family, have you ever had a time uh, where you communicated something very specifically, just with great detail, that there was no way that the person that you were sharing this information with could miss anything that you said. Have you ever had that moment? Some of you are like kind of hesitant because they may be sitting beside you. <laughs> maybe it was your spouse, maybe it was a coworker, or maybe it was a friend. I know for Katie and I, it's our kids. Our kids, they don't hear anything. Like, like, like literally, yesterday, I'm asking our son, I'll keep his identity, you know, private. I'm like, can you hear? Like, do, do we need to go get you checked out? Because, you know, with little kids or maybe cousins, nieces, nephews, you can relate. Like, you have to say it a whole bunch of times. You're consistently giving out instructions only for what? For them to come back later and complain against the very thing that you just said. Well, if you were listening, you would have heard that, right? And this happens every single day. But for sure, the time where this is very prevalent is when it's dinner time, when we're trying to sit at the table and eat. We say, listen, eat your food, because when it's bedtime, it is bedtime. It's not dinner time. It's not snack time. It's not I'm still hungry time. No, it is bedtime because when you don't go to bed, I can't just chill. And I'm, I, look. Normally I won't, but I'm going to lose this one. And I don't always mean Netflix and chill. But the finals are happening right now. So I want to get to the game. So when you hesitate, like, y'all got to go to sleep. So anyway, they never listen. And, of course, when it gets to bedtime, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. And it's in this voice, in, in this look, like puppy dog. Like, there's no way you would send, you would send a hungry just thirsty kid to bed. And I'm like, watch me. Because we told you very specifically to eat your food. Of course, mommy always sneaks them something. But I mean, I'll say run to the faucet real quick. Okay, lighten up. But their response is always, well, I didn't hear you. Now, could it be that this is true for you and I when it comes to God? Like how often is the issue not if God is speaking, we've established that, but rather it's if we are listening. 
And so last week we made it very clear, like God does speak. Like he's not gone silent, that he hasn't all of a sudden lost his voice, that he hasn't just dropped us off here and said, listen, you figure this thing out. But God is indeed speaking. And now maybe for some of us, it's not a matter of, well, we're not listening, but maybe it's because we don't know how to hear. You know, like the scripture said, Samuel, he didn't know the Lord. And so this morning, as we continue in our collection hearing God, I want us to answer this question, how do I hear God's voice? And so if you're taking notes, you can write that down. How do I hear God's voice? So as we give some context to the text, a question that you may have is, well, why was the word of the Lord rare? Because it says uh, here in 1 Samuel 3 verse 1, it says the boy ministered before the Lord in those days the word of the Lord was rare. So why was the word of the Lord rare? Well, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were notorious for getting caught up in what is called the sin deliverance cycle. And I think we're going to have it pop up here. So, basically, they would trust God. So everything's all good. Like, God, we trust you. We love you. We're with you. We're in it to win it. But then something would happen. They would face some type of trial, which would cause them to lose their way, which ultimately... They would lose their trust. Wait a minute. I think we got this thing flipped upside down. So I'm going to speak to you how I got it in my notes. So they would lose trust. And then it would lead to idolatry. And then from idolatry, it would go to captivity. Right? How many of you guys know a lot of times that you get when you give your attention to something that isn't the Lord, it oftentimes will lead you in a place of captivity. And then from captivity, they would cry out, Lord, help us, save us, we're sorry, forgive us. So they would repent, and then it would come back to trusting God. But then, of course, they would get, of course, they would get caught up in another trial, which then would lead them to not trusting God, which would then lead to idolatry, and then back. So you see this cycle? And then, fellas, I'm actually sorry. I think we actually had it right. That's on me. I just realized, like, no, I had it right. I just hadn't looked at it like that. (laughs) But they would get caught up in the cycle. And so the word, it wasn't about the word of the Lord being rare, but rather it was them choosing to not listen to the word of the Lord. And ultimately, what you don't value, you lose. So with that being said, I do understand that for some of us, the word of the Lord is not rare because we don't value the word of the Lord. But the word of the Lord is rare because we don't recognize his voice. And that was the issue with Samuel. He didn't know who was calling him. He thought it was Eli. He didn't know how to recognize God's voice. And that's what we want to discover today. So listen, it was awesome for us to answer the question last week, why does God still speak? But it's another thing to know, how do we hear him when he speaks? Now, communication, when we say communication, oftentimes our mind probably goes to verbal communication. But that's just one way to communicate, right? 90% of the way we communicate actually has nothing to do with what we say. There are multiple ways for us to communicate. And if you don't believe me, um, if, if you're dating, married, or You can still relate to this. You know, fellas, if you're riding in a car with your wife and you say, hey, uh, later on, 
I'm going to go hang over at Jimmy's house, watch the game tomorrow. And she goes, hmm. She didn't say anything. But judging by the laughs in here, you relate to that. That was a form of communication. Or even if she's silent, she's communicating something to you. So if this is true for us, wouldn't it be true for God? That God is diverse in the ways that he communicates to us. That he communicates to us in different ways. In fact, I believe this, that the way he communicates to you is often him giving you permission to be you. Meaning through the way that you view life, your personality, and the way in which he designed you, he will communicate to you in that, that way. So what I'm saying is, like, you don't have to feel like, well, my personality isn't the right personality to be able to hear God. That I'm not wired like so-and-so, so I don't know if I can hear God the way that they, they do. No, he uses your personality because he wired you that way. He designed you that way. And so oftentimes he will communicate to you in that same way. Now, some of us, we grasp these ways already. Like, we get this, but some of us, maybe not. And so this morning, I want us to answer the question, how do I hear God's voice by identifying the voices of God, if you will, and how he speaks to us? To better walk away from here knowing the voice that God speaks to you in. And that first voice this morning is the voice of knowing. The voice of knowing. Now, some of us in here, God speaks to us in a voice of knowing. It's where we just know that you know what, I, I, I just know that this is the way to go, that this is the, the direction that we need to go in, that this is the job that I need to take or the job that I don't need to take. And so I want you to track with me this morning. As a knower, like you're intuitive. You just kind of know what to do. And you can't really pinpoint it, but you're like, I just, I just kind, of, kind of know what to do. Now, being a knower is, is based on your history with God. Like, you don't just wake up and arrive at this conclusion that you are a knower, but you get there through a history with God. Is where you have this moment where you stop and pause and say, hold up. So that time where I just, I knew, I felt like God was in that. I felt, I just knew God was leading us there. I knew this is what he was saying to us. This is that time right now. And so because of the history with God, you can look back and see that, man, this is what's happening right now to know that this is where he's leading you in that moment. Are you tracking with me? You're intuitive. And with intuition, it's defined as this. It's defined as an ability to understand or know something without needing to think about it or use reason to discover it. See, intuition doesn't wait for the evidence you just follow God because you have this history with God. You're like, listen, I don't know the details, but I know and I trust God. And so I don't need the whole PowerPoint. I don't need, you know, all the different exit ramps and all the scenarios. You don't need the evidence. You just follow God. You say, well, hold on, Pastor Michael. Like, where are you going with this in terms of Scripture? Genesis 22. So to give a little context to it, so Abraham, God has instructed him, like, listen, I want you to take your son, Isaac, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. I offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And listen, Isaac was uh, Abraham's promised son. 
Like God's like, yo, you're blessing all this. And, and Abraham's like, hey, that's cool, but who am I going to leave it to? I don't have it. Am I going to leave it to my servant? I don't have anyone. And so this was a promised son to the point that Abraham and his wife, they didn't even believe God really at, initially. In fact, if you read the scripture, it talks about how Abraham was on the floor laughing. Right? So they didn't believe in their old age that God could do this. And and now we see, obviously, God did. So this is that son. I'm trying to paint the picture of, like, how significant this moment was. And God says, listen, I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. So in verse (laughs) 7, Isaac is like, so, um, dad, (laughs) I see the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Like, I'm not seeing everything here. But Abraham answers, says, listen, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. Now, God didn't give Abraham any details. He didn't. He didn't say that later there would be a ram in the bush. He didn't say that at all. He just told him what to go do. But Abraham, he, could, he had a history with God. And he knew, based on what he has seen God do in his life, that although he didn't have the details Although he didn't have the evidence, he knew that he could trust God in this moment. And some of us in here, we need to hear that. You've been looking for details. You've been wanting the the Excel. You've been wanting everything absolutely lined up. But listen, God is saying, trust your history with me. Look back and see how faithful I have been. You may not know what's in front of you, but you can go back and see what I've done. And if I did it, then I am the same God who is capable of doing it now. Trust your history with me. Don't lean into what the odds are showing you, but choose to trust and follow God. And so as a knower, be willing to trust your spiritual gut because oftentimes that's the Lord leading you in the direction that you need to go. And he's always going to bring provision towards what he's called you to every single time. He's not going to leave you hanging out there, but he's going to bring provision. Now, with that being said, be careful that you don't get into a space where you trust your ability to know and you actually miss him when he's changing direction, right? That is not about your knowing, but it's about trusting God ultimately because we know in part. We don't have all the details, And here's another reason why you want to trust God, not your ability to just know, because then we can camp out on a single revelation and we can miss the new thing that God wants to do. Right? Sometimes there's that, that's that tension. Sometimes that even that exists in so many different ways, uh, but also within the church, right? So there's a generation that says, well, this is how it's doing. Then there's a uh, done. Then there's a generation that says, but this is, also how it can be done. And so there's one generation that said, well, no, God moved like this at that time on that song in this way. And if you want God to move, it's got to be done on that song in that time in this way. But then there's another generation that is saying, but that's not really consistent with what you have taught me. And so what that generation has to be careful of as well is when they see God move, that then they don't do like this generation to say, no, it only happens that way. So don't camp out on a single revelation that you miss what God wants to do because he is the same God, right? He takes us from glory to glory to glory. So if you just feel like, you know, you hear the voice of God through knowing, be willing to change directions because, yes, you have a history with God, but it's not so much that you're 
trusting the, the method more than you're trusting the message. Because the method can change, but the message or the messenger is always going to say the same. He is consistent and doesn't change. So be willing to move at the direction of God. And then the next voice, I'm going to speed this up. We're going to finish these. The next voice in which God speaks to us is the voice of feeling. Now, one of our kids... His favorite phrase is, I don't feel like it. Just like that with that attitude. Clean your room. I don't feel like it. Eat your dinner. I don't feel like it. Sit down. I don't feel like it. I'm I'm, I'm trying to express that this is his favorite thing to say. But if you know him, and maybe you've gathered, it fits his personality so much because he is very in tune with his feelings. And for Katie and I, like, we try our very best uh, that we don't want to blanket his ability to feel, but instead to help him manage it in moments. Uh, Because the reason for this is maybe it's through his feelings that God will speak to him. That maybe through feeling is how he'll hear the voice of God. And so if we blanket that, then we may be shutting off an access point in the way in which God speaks to him. Because some of you in the room, you may feel like, yo, I kind of relate to that. That I'm a feeler. That that's how God communicates to me. Like if you're a feeler, like you're like the, the heart of the room. That you feel the emotions of God in a different way. It's like you can step into a room like, mm-mm, nope. Something ain't right. Let's, let's get the kids. We just got here. We got to go, right? You just, you just feel something is off, and some of you, you've been told that you're too emotional and that your emotions have no value. But listen, your emotions have plenty value because it's the way in which God communicates to you. Now, no, there's a difference between having emotions and emotions having you. Like, there's a difference with that. Like, when you have emotions, you understand how to process what you feel. When emotions have you, you are controlled by how you feel, and you lose the ability to process. So you can have emotions without emotions having you. So understand that emotions are nothing more, oftentimes they're nothing more than signals that indicate something else is happening. And the way to determine what's happening is to stop and process. Okay, God, so why do I feel this? What are you trying to say to me in this moment that I feel this way? And then just process it and let it be. To further highlight this point that it's okay to feel and have emotions is look at Ephesians 4.26. It says, be angry and do not sin, right? So in other words, Paul is saying, listen, be angry. There's nothing wrong with that. Be angry. But it doesn't mean that it has to lead to sin. It doesn't mean that it has to be this moment of missing the mark as you follow Jesus. I mean, Jesus came in the temple flipping tables, right? Because he saw how people were being mistreated in that moment. And it caused something to stir up in him that he flipped the tables like, yo, like, what, what are y'all doing in this space? Right? So you can have emotions. The issue isn't how we feel, but it's how we respond to what we feel. That feeling can be closely related to intercession. That maybe in how you're feeling, God is leading, to pray, leading you to pray 
for what you feel in that very moment to lead you to intercession. And sometimes God will interrupt you with your emotions in order to get your attention. He's like, hey, you, you feel this way? You're emotional in this way in this moment because I'm interrupting what's happening right now because I want you to partner with me. And so if you are a feeler, make sure you are anchoring yourself in who God is and not in how you feel. All right? right? Make sure you're anchoring yourself in who God is and not in how you feel. So ask God, why am I feeling this way? And if you can't pinpoint that, then just pray until the Lord fills you with joy. Just pray until you feel like something has shifted within me and I don't feel the way that I felt anymore. Y'all tracking with me this morning? So we hear the voice of God by the voice of knowing, by the voice of feeling, and then next by the voice of hearing. Now, whenever you think of hearing the voice of God, like what comes to your mind, right? Do you picture this moment where you're kind of just minding your business and suddenly, like, here comes the thunder, the lightning, and this scary voice, like, hello, my child. Like, is that, is that what you picture the voice of God is? Or maybe, <laughs> I remember growing up, my grandmother used to always say, y'all better sit down when it's thunder and lightning out there. God trying to get your attention. I was like... Grandma, I ain't heard him. <laughs> or is it, you know, you hear the, is the voice of God something that you picture, you know, the little angel right there just sitting on your shoulder when you're at some decision point? Check out 1 Kings 19. It says this, the Lord said, he's, the, he, he's talking to Elijah. He says, uh, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. Family, the voice of God is often in the whisper. It's the voice you hear in the middle of the mundane moment. It's the voice you hear in what seems like the same song is on repeat. That's why it's so important to slow down. Right? You don't have to run this rat race. Just slow down a little bit. Just stop and be still. Can I encourage you to don't allow the noise of life to cloud out the whisper of God? Oftentimes we're like, God, I I, want to hear you. But he's saying it's too noisy, and I'm in the whisper, right? And what he's whispering to you will be the very thing you need in a moment. Like in his whisper, he reminds us of who we are. Romans 8.16 says the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our, deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. There's identity in his whisper. There's purpose in his whisper. He whispered words of encouragement. Isaiah 55 and 3, in the message paraphrase, it says, pay attention, come close, listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting commitment with you. He also whispers words of direction. Acts 20, verse 22. Paul's like, listen, I'm compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Like he brings direction to our lives. So when you are here, it's important to do this. 
document what you hear, right? As the Lord is speaking to you, slow down, write it down so that in a moment you can go back. We kind of have that, like, hold on, this kind of this feels familiar. You can go back and see what the Lord has said to you. Remember or, uh, or be reminded of what he said. Because oftentimes when you hear God, the very next thing doesn't always look like what God just said. You're like, Lord, you just spoke this, and then I literally step into the worst season of my life, right? So it's important to document that so that you can go back and see what the Lord has said to you. And then also consistently ask the Lord to speak to you. Every single morning, like, get up and say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Every moment, welcome the voice of the Lord to your life. And it's not that you're going to create some kind of altar around how that can happen, but what it does, it kind of gets your antennas up, if you will, to listen for the voice of God. And just a personal experience with that. I kind of core, I kind of relate to to hearing. And you say, well, what does that what does the voice sound like? Oftentimes it's like your voice, right? So it's not the, it's not, not the British voice, or unless you're British in here, or you know, but it's like it's your voice. Um, and it's always gonna be life-giving and life-nourishing. So understand that. But I remember um, three, I guess it would be three years ago, I remember washing dishes. That's it. So just that mundane moment that I said a few moments ago, just washing dishes. And very clearly, very clearly, like I just hear the Lord say, move to Huntsville. So much so that I stopped and I told Katie. And um, so y'all document those things. I was washing dishes. Okay, get that part. Um, so I was washing dishes. And I just heard the Lord say, move to Huntsville. And it, it just made zero sense to us, right? Zero sense to me and zero sense to us. Because then I told Katie, she said, that's dumb, <laughs> right? <laughs> because we had lived here before and we had served here in the area. So it just didn't make sense. And we didn't know what we were going, why would we be going back? And the beauty of that, we, we didn't know. <laughs> it was a while before we knew. But then we asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, speak again. In so many ways in that journey, he just used people and used moments to show us that that was indeed his voice. So don't just be like, oh, I heard God, and then boom, you go do a thing. <laughs> but you submit that thing again to the Lord. You talk to godly uh, counsel and seek wisdom of the Lord. You don't just, oh, yeah, I heard him, and then go do that. Sometimes that was the enchiladas, Right? Sometimes, like, you know, you had something sweet too close to bed, and it just didn't work out for you, right? So you take your time, and you, you let it marinate. But the Lord will reveal over time, and there's so much to that story that we can unpack at another time. But it just started in this moment. And so, so sometimes I get a little emotional because I'm like, I was just washing dishes, and I heard the Lord say, move to Huntsville. And I didn't know what was in Huntsville. And then he revealed that to us later like why would we come back to this area and then to stand here and see you and it's like this is crazy but you submit those things to God and be okay with what comes next I didn't know what was on the other side of that I certainly wasn't thinking this okay I didn't know what he was calling us to but I also had a history with him that I was willing to trust him here's the very last voice the voice of seeing so if you're a seer, like you hear God through what you see, that God speaks to you in pictures and dreams, 
And this is even true, like you daydream. Like God is speaking to you in some of your daydreams. Like don't feel bad when you catch yourself just daydreaming because often it's the moment that God is speaking to you. Like think of Joseph where God speaks to him, spoke to him in dreams, right? And as a seer, like you're, you're somebody that's a visionary, that God gives you a picture of how something should be. You kind of like if, you know, you watch HGTV any or the Magnolia Network, you know, you're like Chip and Joanna. You can show up to something that is like, this is, this is a mess, demolish it. Like, nope, I see the kitchen here. Okay, I see the game room right there. I see all of that. And that's kind of how you view life, where people see where there's no hope. You're like, no, I, can, I see something here. Like, I see purpose here. I see restoration here. I see freedom here. I see breakthrough here. I see the possibility of what God can do right here. Now, with that, don't allow people to try to... Um, Slow you down because they don't have the ability to see what you can see. God has made you a visionary for a reason. So never lower what you see by what others can't see. Now, because of this, you must slow down or learn to slow down and walk slowly with those who don't see what you see. And so as I close, this leads me to Habakkuk 2, where it says, This is God and his answer to the prophet. He says, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. That this vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. And if it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way. It'll come right on time. So as you see, document it. Write it down, not just for you, but for others. Because remember, some of you, you're visionaries. You see things before others can see it. You see things ahead of people. So once you see what God is speaking, write it down. It will not only give you clarity, but it will allow others to join in with what God is speaking to you. Now, there is a responsibility that does come with hearing the voice of God. Because once you hear his voice, then it's on us. How are we going to respond to what we've just heard? We can't be like Samuel's, like, well, I didn't, I didn't know the voice of the Lord. And listen, the Lord is diverse. Like you may feel like I, I hear through knowing or I hear through seeing or I hear, it may be a combination. But my point is this, Once we know that and how we hear how God is speaking to us, there's a responsibility of obedience that awaits us. And so take some time to stop and ask yourself, what is it that God has been speaking to me, but I've delayed my response? Later on in 1 Samuel, it actually says this, to obey is better than sacrifice. And know that delayed obedience is still disobedience. God is speaking to you for a reason. Don't trust your reasoning, but trust his voice. So 1 Samuel just simply says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. John 10, 27 that we referenced last week, this is my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we can combine those two to say this, speak to me, Lord, 
I'm open to hearing and I'm eager to respond. And here's the thing that I want you to get. If you forget all of that that I just said today, I want you to hear this. Don't live your life searching for a word and never getting in the word. The surest way to hear the voice of God is to read his word. It's cool that you, you're like, yo, I'm a knower. That's great that you're like, listen, I'm a, I'm a feeler, I'm a seer, I'm a hearer. It's not going to supersede what he's already said. So everything has to be rooted in his word. And it's nice to have the verse of the day. It's nice to be reminded for that to pop up a family. You've got to sit down and you read slow, right? Ask questions. Don't make this a race of how many chapters you can read. Okay, I don't read the Bible in a year. I just don't. Because, and that's not anything against people who do, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, what are you speaking? And I might need to come back to it. I might need to read that same chapter five times. That makes it kind of hard then to get through it in one year. But this is not a competition. It, it, it's not a religious effort to be able to say, well, I did this in a year. Have I done it before? Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about me getting in this to see what he is saying. You know why? Because when you know, when you feel, when you hear, when you see, immediately you're going to say, that's God. Why? Because it lined up with what he said. So yes, he's speaking, but he's not saying anything different than what he has already said. The word of God does not change. Amen. Come on, let's pray today.